Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question again today is Miguel van As, Head of Data Analytics Services at Ares, who has been on the show before. In this episode, we talk about how an automotive supplier used a digital twin to improve their contingency planning and make their supply chain more resilient. We also learn more about how scenarios run with their digital twin improved operations and increased efficiency. If you want to learn more about what a digital twin is and how you can create one for your company, please listen to episode 14, The Benefits of a Digital Twin. Please enjoy my conversation with Miguel van As. Miguel, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Martin. <laughs> Happy to yeah. be back. Yeah, so, so well, I always ask the question, does logistics matter? But uh, you already answered the question by yes. And my guess is that, that that answer is still the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Logistic matter. Uh, and we are a firm believer of that. So, um, um, yeah, you know my background. You know um, what I believe in. And I think um, um, more and more um, logistic keep matter um, but will matter more in the future as well so um, definitely yes yeah Miguel I, I fully agree with you of course um, in our last episode we spoke about a digital twin and what the power of a digital twin is for supply chain and logistics operations uh, can, can you give a, a, a quick recap of uh, of what a digital twin is yeah yeah sure so last time we talked about how you can leverage uh, data um, f- coming from your supply chain and where you can make Uh, let's say, a digital um, representation of the reality um, to make sure that you have um, some kind of sandbox um, to play with alternative um, scenarios, alternative what-if analysis to make your logistics a lot more um, efficient um, and, let's say, um, risk-proof. Great, great, great. Yeah. So, and today we are going to speak about uh, uh, an actual digital twin uh, and some of the strategic de- decisions that uh, that this a- actual uh, digital twin uh, uh, gave a company. Yeah, yeah. So um, I brought a, a business case with me, um, um, triggering um, the creation of of this type of uh, of technology um, mm-hmm. and how it can be used. So um, I'm, I'm very keen to to explain a little bit what we've done, uh, what the reasons for the for the uh, for the projects were in the beginning. Uh, and how we finally end up um, with some tangible results um, um, that I think are very understandable uh, for for the listeners and for people who are uh, active in in logistics. So what what was wrong or what needed to be improved? Well, um, it's it's something you hear in in, uh, quite a lot of webinars and and things lately, but um, um, the main uh, driver for for the creation of this um, a digital twin, uh, as, as you can call it, um, was the COVID-19 disruption. <laughs> um, okay. So um, uh, basically, uh, and, and before I go into the problem, I'll, I'll maybe introduce the, the company a little bit. Um, the company I'm yeah. talking about is, um, is um, a producer of cooling liquids uh, for machines and, and car engines. So mm-hmm. um, they um, 
their biggest customers are car manufacturers. Think of the the BMWs, the the Volvos, the 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 the, the, the large car manufacturers that you know. Um, mm-hmm. But but also equipment uh, manufacturers like Caterpillar, for example, and because they deliver the product that cools the engines. Um, of of the cars and and every equipment that that we're talking about, um, so you can imagine they're part of um, of the car supply chain, um, and the car supply chain is typically a supply chain that um, focuses on time. Um, it's all yeah, just it's very in, demanding. Yeah, yeah. So it's all just in time. These suppliers are expected. Um, to arrive at the customer's site just in time to make sure that they're not that much stock levels. Um, and also, you know, um, car manufacturers, they produce their cars in a continuous uh, flow. Um, so yeah. all product coming or arriving late um, results in the um, the conveyor actually stopping. Um, so... Um, um, not arriving in time leads to huge penalties, leads to yeah. um, leads to a, a lot of problems. So um, risk and contingency, or risk management and contingency, is one of the key drivers in this in this business case. Also, the the key driver yep. why why our customer sets okay, we need to do something about it. We need to make sure that we are prepared um, for the different scenarios that that are coming to us, um, and um, that's that was basically the, the 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 reason for the business case because um, mm-hmm. we were mid COVID times um, businesses were um, um, facing all of these challenges and the main challenge that um, our cooling liquid manufacturers manufacturer was facing was um, that the border waiting times were rising. Um, border waiting yeah. times um, think of um, um, uh, trucks standing in line. Uh, at the the the, um, the canal or the channel to towards England, um, yeah. but but also other borders were were sometimes um, 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 yeah where, where we had increasing uh, waiting times, meaning that mm-hmm. that influenced the just in time operations of our customer a lot because they were expecting uh, trucks to come pick up their goods uh, at their site in Antwerp, but then they arrived late. There was already another truck loading, um, so it. Quite often there was chaos in 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 that story yeah. because of all those waiting times appearing um, due, due to COVID. Um, so um, um, there was actually um, yeah no real overview on what the impact was, but there was also no real overview on on what they could do um, um, to, to to make sure that that they could cope with these this new reality. Um, yeah. So. We started working um, quite intensively with them. Uh, I think last time in the in the, in the previous podcast, I, I talked about a project always starting to understand the business problems of of um, of the customers. So that's exactly what we've done. Um, we, mm-hmm. We've worked quite intense with them for a couple of months um, to map their data, um, to understand their business rules, to understand. Um, yeah, how trucks are loaded. We visited their sites uh, a couple of times to really understand what the flow through the factory was, what a, what a truck had to do uh, to, to be loaded, what the different stages were. Um, and then used all of that insight um, to make the digital copy. And now the digital copy was not about the whole supply chain network, but really of that specific site um, that was impacted. So um, we modeled all the loading stations. We modeled the 
loading and unloading docks. Um, we modeled um, 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 the, the full um, process that a truck had to go through. Um, think of um, strapping, think of uh, staging, think of um, collecting papers at the end of the, of the process. So that full process was really monitored and the data was guiding us uh, in, in how it was going today. What were the bottlenecks? Um, where or, or what factors led to loading taking longer? And what happened in case of... Um, uh, of of trucks missing their loading slots. So um, yeah. So so it sounds. In, uh, so if you first hear it, you think, oh yeah, they're, we're gonna we're gonna do something with transportation because mm -hmm. there's wait wait times at the border and and things are uh, uh, trucks are coming late. Mm -hmm. But you you actually uh, took a few steps back and look look looked at a much broader pro uh, process. Exactly. And it and I so it it sounds like it started uh, almost at the uh, at the point where goods were taken out of the wrecking by uh, by a forklift and driven to the loading area i, I is, yeah. that, is that that was the starting yeah. point exactly exactly that that was the starting point because um yeah we didn't want to mess too much with production um production was actually a driver so we couldn't we didn't really have yeah. influence on that um but as soon as the goods were ready to transport um or ready to be loaded um, we really took the full holistic view from loading, unloading, truck arriving um, towards uh, the drive time to the customer. And um, because we, are we were living in that new reality of border waiting times, we had mm -hmm. to take them as a given. So we couldn't really change uh, the border waiting time. So we had to yep. um, efficiently manage operations, taking account into account that um, border waiting times would occur. Um, so that's why we looked at the full chain. Um, um, by building um, the full process uh, in a digital replica, um, we were also able to understand what the impact was. Uh, if they would do nothing and if trucks would start in start coming in late so we can um yeah to to, to really make it a practical um and we, we had a um a waiting time simulator um having yeah um, simulating trucks coming in later and later and then we could also see what that meant for the kpis in the the factory or in the warehouse because we could mm -hmm. see for example more trucks being in line uh, the parking lot getting full uh, because trucks were waiting to get loaded um we could see a longer loading time. So um, by by really simulating more trucks coming in late, uh, we could understand the impact. And that was the essential first step. Uh, and then we could think of alternative scenarios. Um, yeah. we, looked at, we looked at quite some different options. Um, um, to, to give you a couple of examples, we wanted to add um, extra capacity in the loading area. So we built um, a, a, um, an extra loading station where um, um, our customer could use that loading station whenever a truck came in late, then they could say, okay, the truck is late, let's take the emergency loading station and make sure that the flow um, of the full factory main is maintained uh, and that we not lose uh, too much time. Ah, um, yeah. that, that was one of the examples um, we, we, we looked at. Um, um, you took the you took the exception you took the exception out of the regular yeah, process. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. One of the one of the solutions that we thought about. Um, we also um, looked at the planning process. Um, so now uh, trucks were getting an exact hour slot uh, on one, when they had to be loaded. Um, we mm -hmm. were um, we also looked at is it an idea to give them um, 
a, a range of timings that they could arrive in between so we could plan more efficiently. Um, we looked at um, 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 doing some extra hours before or, or, or increasing the opening hours a little bit. Um, but that yeah. is, that is of course, uh, so, sometimes a little bit more challenging. Um, but um, yeah. ju just, just to show you that um, actually, um, once we had the, the current situation in place, once we could understand the impact of more delays, um, that we could then think together with management of potential solutions um, and, um, and, and, and really understand, okay, um, for what products uh, will, we be, will we be late? For what customers will we be late? What are the pain points? And then also think of, of the new reality. Um, now, the outcome um, was quite interesting. Um, I think the, the example I gave about the loading station um, um, is actually something they, 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 are, they have now uh, implemented as well. Um, so they are um, really working with, a, with an extra loading station to buffer a little bit um, the capacity for loading. Um, and they still use also our digital twin application because that, that's um, also one of the key messages I, I would like to give is that um, while we have used now the digital twin for this specific COVID-19 border waiting time problem, um, mm -hmm. we can keep using it. Now, because it represents uh, company data uh, um, or, or at least um, site data. It represents the exact flow that every truck has to go to. So if tomorrow the trucks are no longer um, stuck due to border waiting times um, and, and COVID-19, but there is another disruptancy, maybe containers are not coming in because there is something going on in the Suez Canal, for example, we can yeah. still... Um, leverage um, what we've built. We can still leverage the technology we have um, to simulate new impact, to simulate new risk, new contingency. Um, and, and, and a good example there for the exact same customer, uh, because now the border waiting times are not really a thing anymore. Um, but um, they were also thinking, okay, we have now that digital twin. Um, what if suddenly we cannot deliver from our current location anymore? Should we open a new location? Yeah. Should we put buffer stock somewhere? How do we make sure that we can manage the contingency there? Um, so we actually took the same model, the same data of the digital twin and um, solved that other issue as well. So it's kind of flexible. You can, you can, you can kind of um, um, keep using it, reusing it um, and, 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 and optimize um, along the way. So, um, that's, I think, a little bit also a key takeaway that you don't just have to um, um, uh, reuse uh, or you don't just have to solve one specific problem, but it can be used for broader use. Um, maybe to conclude or, or at least some, some final results um, in, in terms of hard KPIs um, on the specific border waiting time yeah. problem. Um, I think what, 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 what we achieved um, in, in, in this... Um, in, in this um, uh, use case is that we decreased the turnaround times. Um, the turnaround times that were actually increasing due to the border waiting times, we brought mm -hmm. them back down. Uh, I think it was around 10%, um, um, making sure that we could still ensure on-time deliveries and that they remained manageable in times of crisis because we were in COVID-19. Uh, and that allowed us to avoid uh, the penalties that uh, the company was facing. Um, so 
in that sense, uh, the data really helped us um, to work on these specific KPIs and to manage them uh, in a time of, uh, of disruption, uh, let's say. So um, um, I think that, that quite well shows you the challenge we had, the solution we, 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 um, we brought of it, and then the tangible results that came out of it. Yeah, Miguel, that's uh, that's an excellent uh, example of uh, of, the, of the power of a digital twin. Thank you for that. Um, so, for for companies uh, that want to work with uh, with you and your team of data specialists, um, how 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 does that work? Yeah, um, I think um, it's, it's a very good question. Um, I think, um, Martin, there are multiple ways of of working together, um, but I think the most common one, and I talked about it already a little bit. Um, when, when we were talking about the process and how you build, uh, how you build up a digital twin, um, typically it starts with a project, um, a project mm-hmm. of a couple months, um, where we work together quite intensively um, on 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 the pain you have and and on and on building it up, uh, on really um, uh, installing the technology and making it, um, um, yeah, company proof, let's say, or customer proof. Um, so that's quite often how we work. Uh, as a starting point on, on project basis and uh, making sure that we can uh, deliver a proof of concept or or um, solve one problem that is very uh, much hurting uh, for the customer. Um, but more and more we see now, um, and, and that's because of the, 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 the reality we're in today, is that um, companies want to leverage this and, and want to do this on a more permanent basis. Um, so apart from the project approach that we offer, um, which is typically um, um, something we do, where we do um, mandates uh, and we try to to um, to understand um, um, where we need to go and, and try to estimate the effort, mm-hmm. more and more we also have some kind of um, subscription formula um, for the software and the the, the the analysis that we provide, um, where we see quite some customers. Um, who want to make use of the technology on a more continuous basis. And that's again, where we call it continuous design, um, mm-hmm. where we also provide them with a, with a way to keep using the technology and where we have uh, subscription formulas to, um, to, to, to keep making use of our services. And there we can really go into a long-term uh, relationship with the customer. Um, and we firmly believe that it's also in those type of relationship that there is the most value um, because um, we can look at the data on a more permanent basis. Um, we can gather more data. We can recognize the change of data patterns um, that have been going on for quite a longer time. Um, so in that sense, uh, our, our main approach is, um, is, is or, or our goal is to become part of that data journey and go into that subscription model um, but it's 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 of course possible that a company is really looking for one specific question that they want to have to have solved, and there we work on a more uh, project basis. So um, that's that's typically the the, the two ways. And um, what we see is that if you go for the project approach, quite often uh, it leads to to some kind of subscription model if you have seen the value of it. Um, but um, um, that depends on a, on a case by case basis. To, to be honest, yeah, that makes sense. And and one of the things that uh, that I found r- really interesting in in your story and and your approach is 
um, you know, when you talk about digital twin and you talk about a, a team of data analysts, you see people behind mm -hmm. screens. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you guys actually went into the facility and you looked at the physical processes mm -hmm. and, and looked at how, uh, how pallets are wrapped and how they are loaded to model that into a, into a, into a, a, a data model. Yeah. And, um, I, and, and that's, um, yeah, I, I think that's where, where you guys make a difference. Like no assumptions. You you actually go in and you and you look at what what the physical what the physical constraints are. So I, I found that uh, that very interesting. Yeah, um, and and if I can comment on that, Martin, a little bit on on the team. That that's a, mm -hmm. a very big focus for us um, because um, it it comes again to your to your question: Does logistic matter, <laughs> or do, yeah. does it matter? Um, for us, very much yes, because we don't want to be just data analysts. Um, mm -hmm. um, but the 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 education that um, my team goes through is is also very much focused on a logistics background because we're solving logistic problems, and for that um, we need to have a, a logistic DNA rather than just uh, a data DNA, let's say. And, yeah. and I think that that's that's. Um, um, the reason also why we can do this from um, um, with, the, with the name Alers or with the company Alers behind us, um, because we we are logistics experts. We are in logistics already for for over 100 years. Um, so we also have the people who have been with their boots on the ground. Um, and I mm -hmm. think I think um, I, to, to come back to your point, that is something we feel that is very valuable. Um, because in these type of exercises, sometimes you need a price for a new lane um, that is not happening in your network yet. Um, we can use our logistic expert to estimate that price. Sometimes you mm -hmm. need to understand what the limitations of wrapping are, like you, like you mentioned in your example. We need to have people who know or we need to have experts who know what the logistics implications are. So um, we, we, we tend to... Um, to introduce ourselves more as logistic engineers rather than data specialists, even though we have data skills. But I think it's 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 very important to never lose sight of of of, of the business requirements and the business uh, constraints uh, that a company is facing, because that's what we're trying to solve. Excellent, Miguel. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show again. Uh, it was a very interesting story. Uh, I, I think you've given an excellent example of the, 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 of the potential uh, that a digital twin has. Um, thank you. It was my pleasure, Martin. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog at www.logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vlug. The music is based on a sample by Ruggerman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was sponsored by Ahlers. For more than 110 years, Ahlers has been helping clients all over the world. Active in three regions, Europe, CIS and Asia, they provide state-of-the-art logistics and tailor-made solutions. Their services focus on supply chain solutions, warehousing, project and machinery logistics, secure transportation of high value and or theft sensitive goods, trade facilitation and after-sales services, and supply chain data analytics. 
Allers finds the best solutions that fit the customer profile perfectly. They enable customers to stay focused on their core business and manage innovative supply chain solutions which add value. They solve supply chain challenges in complex environments. Find out more at www.allers.com. That's A-H-L-E-R-S.